You're listening to Beyond Her Grind, the podcast that gets at the root of what motivates women of color to want more in their careers. I'm your host, Esther Leonard, a career development professional, aspiring entrepreneur, and fellow grinder. Stay updated with weekly episodes by subscribing to this podcast, and be sure to follow me on Instagram at Beyond Her Grind. And check out my website at beyondhergrind.com. Let's get to the root of it. Money, 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 money. Money. Hello. Today we're going to talk about money. Specifically student loans. Particularly. I can't even talk, y'all. Particularly my student loans. I know that many students are about to graduate, so congrats to 2021 graduates, both undergraduate, graduate, PhD, whatever it is. And many of you all are going to graduate with a lot of debt. So I figured this would be a good episode to talk about my journey with debt how I got my debt, why I decided to do something about it, how I decided to do something about it, and then what's next in my journey. So before I dive into all that, I like to share some facts and figures. And I'm just going to start off by saying, uh, talking about the average debt. The average student loan debt is... $39,351. That is according to CNBC. That is the average. I was looking online and I saw a lot of different averages between 29K to around 39K is the average loan. And I'll talk a little bit about my loans. (laughs) I actually had more than the average K. Or, or average person, I had, when I started off paying off my debt, I was at around 91K, 91,000 in debt, and I've paid over 30K. So I'm waiting for Joe Biden to come through, as I mentioned a few episodes earlier. But anyways, um, some more information, I actually found this from Clever Girl Finance. Clever Girl Finance is a great platform. She's awesome. I follow her on YouTube, Clever Girl Finance. She basically documented her journey of saving like 100k in three years, making around 50k a year. And now she exploded since then and has this great platform that is empowering women to take care and be in control of their finances. But she had Statistics from the American Association of University Women that specifically said that white men borrow $29,862 while black women borrow 37558 k So black women are borrowing more money and that means that they have more debt. And on average, we already know that black people, black women make less money. I believe it's around 63 cents to every dollar a white man makes. So Make less money plus have more debt. Both of those together is not really good. 
In addition, they also found that women in general hold about two thirds of America's nearly 1.5 trillion student loan debt. So canceling debt is all about equity if you really think about it, particularly for women and women of color because women already are behind in terms of the gender salary wage gap. Um, and then it says black women carried the highest student loan debt of any racial or ethnic group. So I am in that category and a lot of other black women are in this category. So you all probably feel me right now looking at your debt, right? Looking at your loads. How did I start right, on paying off a lot of my debt? So let's take it back. I, as you all already know, I went to Loyola University of Chicago for both my undergraduate and graduate degree. So I was in a five-year program. And I would say the majority of my debt actually came from my grad school. And I, yeah, it was the majority of it. Because if I'm not mistaken, my loans are consolidated. But if I'm not mistaken, I think I only had like 30K debt. I'm saying only. <laughs> 30k is still a lot but when I if I would have just did four years I probably would have had like 30k which is pretty good for a private school but I also was living in Chicago that was my home state so I had in-state tuition plus I was a commuter so I didn't rack on the debt that a lot of other students rack on uh, rack up but so by the time I finished I believe for grad school it was about the majority of it, like 50, 50 something K. So when I finished grad school, I had, let me, let me just double check, but I believe it was around 78,000, 76 or 78,000 in debt. And when I graduated, I didn't get a job right away, right? A full-time position right away. So I was on loan deferment and then about six months later. I also had, um, my loans weren't consolidated at the time. I also had private loans and, um, I had the six month deferment, but I remember one specifically Citibank was like, once that deferment and they were on me. So I actually defaulted on that. I ended up paying that off, but my debt, my, my credit score just went out the window. Like I remember, being at home, you know, graduating from college, I'm the oldest and just feeling really down. Like I can't find a job, a full-time job. You know, I want some sense of independency. I'm stuck at home. I wanted a car and um, nobody would co-sign for me and I couldn't get my own car because my debt was so bad because of my loans, my credit, right? And I couldn't pay it. I remember, I remember calling Citibank one time and saying like, I can't pay like I don't have a job and I remember them saying well get a job like like it was that easy <laughs> like some of these people have no heart <laughs> uh, and, and and maybe you know in my empathetic side is coming out in a sense like this person's probably having these phone calls all the time probably is hung up at and yelled at or whatever but 
Yeah, telling a 20-something-year-old, 23, 24, 25-year-old, like, it's too bad. <laughs> Get on with it. It's kind of hard to hear at the time. But I eventually got on, and, you know, I wasn't educated, really, really educated, or I didn't put myself out there, right? One, I wasn't educated. Like, no one came to me and fully told me about loans and how that would affect me and also affect my mom, right? Who was a co-signer for my loans. Uh, and then also I didn't take initiative to really take advantage of that because I'm actually considered a first generation student. So you, you determine how you identify. Like there are a lot of definitions. Some people are like, you're the first to go to college period. But there are some definitions in which um, you're either your parents have associates but didn't go to to grad school I mean not grad school uh, get their BA so my mom has her BA I believe she got her BA either while I was getting my BA around that time so we were either getting it around the same time and my dad has his associate so I'm the first who had to like go get loans all these loans to get a four-year degree at this fancy university to a certain degree during this time little I'm, I'm like I ended up consolidating my loans and then doing the the zero income based repayment plan little did I know again lack of knowledge interest was adding up <laughs> and like I wasn't really thinking about it I wasn't really caring about it um and then I eventually got some some income, but it was still part-time income in Chicago, working as adjunct faculty. And then I eventually moved to Massachusetts. My first salary is like 40K at age 27. And that I was happy for that, right? Um, after years of looking full for a full-time job. Uh, so I was still doing non, I, that, that repayment plan. So eventually what got me, right? What the, the situation that really got me to start paying off my loans was in the spring of 2018. So I was traveling at the end of April of 2018 to May. One was for my cousin's wedding in Cancun. And then I also went to Alabama and Tennessee for two of my siblings graduation so this was happening like right around the first of may right when rent is due so i'm in boston my rent around the time was about 875 dollars a month not including utilities so around that traveling time i had totally forgot to renew my uh, income-based repayment plan and Oh, and I, at the time, my income-based repayment plan, by, by then, I was making around 51 or 52K, can't remember at the moment, between 51 and 53K at that time, um, and I think my income-based repayment was around $300, so I was able to pay that $300 when I was making that salary. And so around that time, it's probably because I was traveling and I was, I was doing, I was also in the process of interviewing with Boston University at the time. 
I forgot to renew th that income-based repayment. So around the May 1st, I got charged, right? $917 came out of my bank account around the time I was traveling. And remember, the first is also rent time. And I only had about 1K in my savings. So what happened was I was about to get paid and it was like a few days before I was going to get paid. And so the $900 had came out of my checking account. So I had that money in my checking. So it came out. I didn't default or I didn't overdraft. That's the word. I didn't overdraft or anything. But I had to immediately take that $1,000 from my savings to put that into my checking so that when my rent came out, I had money for the rent. So I was freaking out. So basically after the rent came out, I was going to have no money for like three days. And I do, I was working for the state at the time. So I did have a pension plan. I am on a retirement plan. That's a totally different episode to talk about that. Um, but I remember at that moment, I was like, I'm traveling. I had, had, I can't remember if I had, I was coming back from Cancun at the time or, um, and so I just immediately texted my siblings, like, I need money. And they all like put a couple hundred dollars together here and there. And I'm the oldest. So that was kind of hard for me to be like, y'all, I need money. <laughs> and then I told them I should. I'm like, okay, I'll be able to pay you in like a few days because I get paid. Um, This is what happened. And I just think that at the time I was like, man, it should be the opposite. They should be asking me for money. I, my mindset has changed in a sense, right? Brene Brown and a lot of other vulnerability type and therapy and stuff like that. It's just like, when you need help, you can ask for help. You know, don't let judgment ego get in the way of that. I'm looking back, I'm very grateful that I could, could lean on my younger siblings to help pull me through. So that means whatever happens to me in the future, I know they have my back. Um, but at that time, right, the, the feeling that you get, the shame that you get. And I remember thinking like, I can't do this. <laughs> and it was just like looking over, I'm like, man, I have, at the time, my, my loan interest, even though I was paying $300 had increased to around 86, 88K. I was making around 53K in expensive ass Boston, right? <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is not cool. So anyways, when I was, when I was back in Cancun, I mean, I, I, when I was in Atlanta, I flew to Atlanta, my brother picked me up from Atlanta to drive back to Tennessee for the graduations. And on the way there, uh, that's, he was listening to Dave Ramsey and I'll get into that. Uh, but yeah, so I just remember I was telling him too, like, I don't have a lot of money. And if you really think about it, that's the majority of Americans. According to the Federal Reserve, 39% of Americans don't have enough money on hand to cover a $400 emergency. So I was in that situation of, damn, 900 bucks came out of my account. I, I didn't plan for it. And now I'm basically screwed for the next few days, right? Thank God I didn't have a family or anything like that. Um, and then it also had some more findings about 
how 22% have between 1,000 to 5,000 in savings, which is still less than what they usually recommend, which is three to six months uh, worth of savings, right? To cover your exp expenses. And one third have $1,000 or less. So I was in, at that time, I was in that one third category. I, I was like, man, I have no money. I was thinking that when my brother picked me up and I was just thinking about like wealth and how I'm like, I have absolutely no wealth. Wealth is your assets minus your liabilities. So your assets are like the things you own, what's in your bank account and your liabilities is your debt. So I was 88K debt. Okay. I make 51K. I mean, 50, around 53K at the time. That's not considered asset. And I had no savings. So I was just in the red, in the red. That's it. And I think that that's the majority of Americans, unfortunately, especially Americans of color or people of color. So yeah, on the way to Tennessee, it was like a two hour drive. My brother put on Dave Ramsey and that was the first time I was introduced to Dave Ramsey. Well, actually not first time. My other brother, Emmanuel had mentioned Dave Ramsey and Matthew was talking about Dave Ramsey. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to listen to this white guy with his seven twang talking about finances. And, and I'm going to be honest, I had judgment, right? I had judgment. And while I was listening to it, though, I actually was inspired because there were people calling in. He would give advice, very no-nonsense advice on what to do with your money right how do you pay off your loans like really telling people you could pay off your loans if you if you live on beans and rice and rice and beans as he says like and what was inspiring me was people the the success stories of people who were making less money than me probably even had a family and they were able to pay off more loans within a matter of years between two to six years and I was like wow that's inspiring and um, I was like really motivated to do the same thing. So Dave Ramsey has a few steps. I'm not going to go into all of them, but one is to create an emergency fund of a thousand dollars. That's one of the first steps before you actually start paying off your debt. And I wasn't going to follow that because I had a thousand dollars in my emergency savings and that wasn't going to cut it. I didn't like that feeling, but one of my goals was to always was always to save 10k and, and just just hearing people say they paid off their debt I was like I can I can save 10k and so I also was living in Boston I was planning to move again and moving in Boston they asked for a lot of upfront costs so like first month last month security deposit and broker's fee and so if I'm gonna pay a thousand dollars for a room I was paying $8.75 for a room, right? Boston is expensive. I would, if if I was going to pay, I had to be ready to pay for all of that. First month, last month, brokers, security. So like around 4 k I knew I, I would always need, at least, if I was going to be moving. So I was like, okay, $1,000 is not going to do it. So I made a new plan to, to save ten k by... December 2018 and so that was in April or May when I made that decision and I did it I did it I think part of what helped me was that I did start a new job at Boston University um, and I was able to increase my salary by 
12K, so it started at 65. And uh, yeah, and then I had a new apartment that was $900, all utilities included. So it was only $25 more than what I was paying when I was making 53,000. So a $12,000 increase and only a $25 increase in my rent was a perfect time for me to save. So I was able to save the 10,000. And then in January, 2019, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to start paying off my loan. As I mentioned, uh, when I graduated, my loans were not consolidated, but over time I consolidated my federal loans and then had paid off the remainder of my Citibank private loan. So I only had that. And at, by the time I started with that in January, it was around, I think it was close to $92,000. And I was like, time to go. So what I started doing was uh, I, I didn't renew the income based. Oh, and that's a reminder. So during that time when I was paying $10,000, um, I was doing the income based repayment plan. Um, and so I was back to like around $300 a month. And then, so in January, I decided not to do it. And I, well, I still had the minimum of 300, but I went back and I was like, okay, what was the, the minimum if I didn't have an income-based repayment, repayment plan? And it was around $917.84. So from that time, January, 2019 till now, I have basically been paying $917.84 to $2,000, sometimes more, depending on what's going on or if I'm trying to reach a particular goal a month towards my loan. Or like if I'm if I have to travel again or whatever, then the payment will be around $900 or if I have to skip a month. I have skipped a month or so, but when I skip a month, that's when I try to pay like $3,000 or, or something. So... How was I able to do that, right? That's a lot of money all of a sudden. Um, so here's the thing. So I am not a big shopper. I'm not a big traveler. I don't eat out that much. My biggest splurge prior to starting this was DIY projects and decor. So I had, there was a time where I was living in a studio by myself um, and I was paying $1,100 for a studio. This was when I was making around 50K, 50, 51K. Um, and then the, I ended up only staying there for six months because my electric bill was like 400, $500. So that was like 1500. So that's part of the reason why I wasn't saving money. <laughs> and, uh, I was, yeah, I, that probably led to the situation I had where I had to ask my siblings for money. So I, and also during that time, I like, I went all out with decor. Cause one thing that many of you all probably don't know about me, I love interior design, I love decoration. I love DIY projects. So when I moved to the the apartment where it was nine hundred dollars, all utilities included, I was I have roommates. I use self control, and I know I remember one of my roommates really wanted to decorate, but I was like, uh, I got a lot of decorations from my studio. I'm just gonna share that, and I'm not gonna go all out. I, I did little things here and there for my bedroom, but. I cut back. Um, so the DIY projects that I usually did, which it, it's not the most expensive versus like buying a new 
table, right? Versus making your own or painting your own. But those those little stuff add up. So that was something. Another thing too that was helping was I always try to have a part-time job. So when I started at Boston University and left Roxbury Community College, I actually stayed at Roxbury Community College for a semester. And during that semester, I taught. I taught about three classes. So like three nights a week I was teaching. So that money really helped me reach my $10,000 savings goal. Um, I started my MBA in January. So I had a, a moment of not really working, but I also in the end of 2018, I also had started my coaching practice. So I was getting one or two clients a month, which wasn't a lot of money, but it was just a couple hundred dollars that I was able to put towards my loan. And then even right now, I have a, a flex, very flexible part-time job, which I mentioned as a career coordinator at a nonprofit. And I work anywhere between zero to 10 hours a week. <laughs> um, I, I was just talking to them this week. They're like so so accommodating <laughs> for like the weeks when I just, I can't, I don't have a lot of time, but that little income does help, help me. And then I also would do random stuff like there. I had, I downloaded a few apps where you could just go to a meet, like they'll post an event and you can work as a waiter for a day or whatever. So I would do random stuff like that. I really don't like that. I've only did that once or twice. Um, because it takes a lot of hours and I can make the same amount <laughs> doing less work in, in my pajamas. So those were some things that that was helping me. Now, even though I was dropping upwards to $2,000 on my loan, interest was killing me. So here's an example. So if I paid my minimum payment of $917.84, $577.37 went to the principal, and then $340.47 went to the interest. And that would just kill me. <laughs> Every single time I saw that, like if I paid $2,000 or more and I see like a good five, $600 is going towards the interest, I'm like, ugh. So that really means that I could have paid way more, right? Like right now I'm at 59K, I could be at probably could have been at 45k if it wasn't for interest. So basically it was eating up my payments but I I would I stayed consistent. I stayed consistent. And the good thing is that as the over time as my balance decreased, I noticed that my interest would decrease as well. So, y'all know that with this no interest right now, I've been really really happy and I actually been consistently paying um you never know like if we were still paying interest I probably would still have like 60 something thousand left um or 70k left because of interest um but now I'm under 60,000 debt and I remember thinking last year my goal at the beginning of last year was like I just want my salary to be higher <laughs> than my loans and and I was able to definitely reach that. And then another thing, so when I when I started my overall goal when I started paying my loans was to pay finish paying off my loans by the time I finish my MBA. So my MBA, I, I have tuition remission, I'm practically getting it for free and I was thinking like that would be amazing if I graduate with my MBA and have zero loans, right? 
no debt at all. But now I'm at a crossroads because as you all know, I've talked about this. I definitely slowed down with my MBA and it's going to take me longer. So I, I would have been done in December of this year, but now I'm aiming for next summer. Um, so there, if depending on my strategy, I could do that. But another thing has changed is that this, I'm having a stronger desire to be a full-time entrepreneur. And a big part of me doesn't want to wait for me to be debt-free to be a full-time entrepreneur. So now my new goal is to pay off all my loans by the time I'm 35, whether if it is Joe Biden and the executive branch as a whole comes through with $50,000 and I'll be able to pay off that loan this year. <laughs> or if when I go in full time, I make a, enough income to sustain myself and pay off my loan. So one of the things that I sacrificed was my savings. So my savings basically stayed stagnant over the past two years. And I did move again. <laughs> I got my own apartment because, you know, roommates, I, I mostly get along with my roommates. I have some roommates I still stay in touch with, but there was this one roommate that <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, and so now I have a my own one bedroom apartment for fourteen fifty. Um, and so I had to move. I had to pay that first month, second month took from my savings. And so I kind of haven't fully recovered from that, you know, moving to one bedroom. I did buy some stuff. Um, so my savings basically have ranged between $4,000 and $14,000. So if I want to be a full-time entrepreneur and quit my job, I need more savings than that. So now I'm in a space where I, instead of putting a total of 1500 to $2,000 a month towards my loan, I'm going to switch that over to my savings actually starting this month. <laughs> and yeah, I'm still, I still haven't fleshed out my plan because a part of me is like, am I really going to be able to not pay my loan? Because now it's been a habit, right? And I get a feeling when I see that loan decrease. So a part of me is like, maybe I, because I always still put $500 towards my, my savings. Like it was just automatic, even if I ended up taking it out. So I was thinking like, maybe I could just switch that over and put 500 towards my loan. I, I can't take that out. <laughs> so it's going to go towards my loan. Um, and then a part of me is like, well, should I take advantage of the fact, really take advantage of the fact that interest is not going to accrue and not pay anything and start paying back my loan when interest start accruing again? And just do, I'm also in defer, technically in deferment because I'm getting my MBA. So I wouldn't, I would still have, get to pay $0. So that's where I'm at. Um, but I know for sure that the majority of my money is switching to savings starting this month. Um, and so my goal is to save so I don't have to worry about interest or anything in additional 20, 24K by uh, the end of next spring so that I can have, um, with the savings I have, a little bit more than half my salary. Um, 
and I do have this part-time job and I'm, I'm one of the things I'm thinking about is when I'm ready to do that to see if I can increase my hours at the part-time job to a point where it can cover my rent so that my savings is not necessarily going to rent but I can maybe invest it in the business and or and and or not change it or touch it I am also hoping to put more money into investments um, as well which I have started doing but I kind of slowed down yeah, it really comes down to my values. What do I want more? And I think, as you all know, I have a strong desire to be my own boss. And if that means sacrificing paying off my loan for a year or so, like fully for a year or so, then I may have to do that. So I will keep you all updated, and when I have a more fleshed out plan, I will let you all know. So I wanted to just end this episode with some overall tips for you all based on what I've done in case you want to basically pay off your loan or even if you just want to save. And so here is what... I advise. So first thing is to set a goal date. You can be flexible about that, but I think setting a goal date is very helpful. As I mentioned with my very first goal to save 10,000, it was May 2018. And I was like, December 2018, I want to save $10,000. So set a goal date. Same thing in January 2019. I gave myself end of my MBA, which was kind of a flexible goal date, but originally it was going to be sometime between December of 2021 or um, May of 2022. Because it, it sort of motivates you to have a goal date. And also, so with the goal date, have a goal number. And every number is different. Not everyone, I'm single. I, like I said, I hadn't, when I, raised it, saved 10K. Um, I had a salary increase. Some of you all who have families, uh, that might take longer. For some of you all, that might take sh shorter. You all probably could do that in a month or two months. So just have a realistic date based on your salary and your expenses. Cut things out. So as I mentioned, travel, that's something that I, I haven't done that much. I mean, I did travel. So I know Dave Ramsey's all about like cutting everything, basically live like a hermit for a few years. And I, that will help you reach your goals faster. Um, but I didn't do that. I did. I do still try to cut stuff out. Like, for example, subscriptions. Like just recently, now that I know I want to save more, I've cut out a few like subscriptions. Like I had a savings subscription. Like I don't need to pay for a savings subscription. I wasn't really using it anymore. So little things, even if it's like a dollar or three dollars a month, like take, take it out. I don't have any streaming subscriptions. I'm very grateful for my partner, <laughs> in which I use his or his family's. And but yeah, think about the things that you use the least. And then the next thing would be add some additional income. So 
a side hustle, freelance, part-time job. I know when I've listened to Dave Ramsey and some of the success stories, people sold pizza, you know, on the weekends or did Uber or whatever it may be. So really think about what you can do or willing to do. Be consistent. And when I say consistent, it doesn't mean you have to pay $500 a month or $200 a month every single month. It just means like consistently put money towards your goal, whether it's savings or paying your loans. Like I said, my payment range between $900 and $2,000 a month. Sometimes I would have to skip a month or I paid $500 or sometimes I've paid upwards of like $3,500, right? If I had like, especially with tax season or something like that. Um, so, but the key thing is like, be consistent, make it part of your goal. I, for some people, I, I need to get better at this, right? Always find time to improve. I need to get better at budgeting. I was much better at the beginning of this journey. I need to be consistent with that. However, whatever form of consistency works for you, that's what I would suggest. So while you're consistent, be flexible and customize. As you heard, I didn't, you're going to do your research on payment plans and learn about what people have done. Like everyone's situation is different. I wasn't going to save a thousand. I cannot have only a thousand dollars in my savings. I do not want to be back in that situation where all my money is gone. Um, for some people who have zero savings, reaching a thousand dollars is an accomplishment. So if that's for you and that works for you, cool, but do what's, again, best for you. Research. Research what people have done. Research apps. There are so many things that could help you reach your goal and everyone's different. So an app that may work for someone, may not work for someone else. You might find some financial gurus who really inspire you. So I would say part of your research is to look up motivational videos. So a few that I'm going to share with you. I really liked watching Asia Dang. She had hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and was able to pay it off in like two to three years. And she worked her butt off. I really like her story. She still posts on YouTube about money and her goals. And yeah, I, I really... Think she's a great person so asia dang i'll put this in the show notes clever girl finance i mentioned her earlier i think that's another great resource and the people i'm mentioning are women of color and then the broke black girl which i just stumbled upon this year has a lot of great financial tips so if you dave ramsey is a older white southern white man if you're looking for tips from women of color those three that I've shared are really, really good. So that is my advice. I'm going to keep you all updated on my journey and my goal to save enough to quit my job and quit it without getting another full-time job <laughs> and so that I can be a full-time entrepreneur because that is my goal. I do not want to wait till I retire to do it. <laughs> and... Yeah, I hope this has been very inspiring to you. And if you like this episode, let me know. And if you have 
some ideas of guests who have had a similar journey or totally paid off their loan or reached their financial goal, I would love to interview them. And I'll probably look for some people because I do like this topic and I think a lot of people are interested in this. And I think it's empowering for women of color. All right. Until next time. Bye, y'all. Just a reminder, follow me on Instagram at Beyond Her Grind and check out my website at beyondhergrind.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Spotify. I'd love to hear your feedback so that I can continue to produce more amazing content in the future. Thanks so much and talk to you all next week.